Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. video and uh, hopefully we'll get that worked out here in just a moment but if you're listening to us on the blog talk radio we should be coming through loud and clear we'll open the telephone lines open to all of you we've been driving since about eight o'clock last night we hit the road about eight eight p.m we're still driving with uh, craig and michael and we're on our way to washington dc and we're looking forward to showing up there and it's, uh, it's one of the top three days in January. We have a big event going on today in Washington. There are some gatherings together, but also in Georgia, where there are hundreds of thousands of people gathering as we have been listening to the big day of electing your senators. So a uh, big day today, and then obviously tomorrow, they're expecting nearly 3 million people. They said there would be double the 1.5 million that showed up the last mega rally. So we're believing for that regardless. We're going there with a purpose to bring forth the sound and to stand in solidarity with the president of the United States and to declare him to be the next president of the United States of America. Not the next one, the continued president of the United States of America. And so I wanted to get back into the word just a little bit. And then the other big day in January, obviously, beyond 
today, beyond tomorrow, will be the ultimate January 20th. And uh, depending on where things go, um, it should be a very interesting day. But just to kind of put things back into focus again, I know you've been hearing a lot of information about what is actually going on. We just want to remind ourselves and remember why we are standing, why we are going to rallies, why we're doing this. Is it because we're sulking because Donald Trump lost the election? Absolutely not. Never have before. Doesn't really matter. What we're standing for is what is just. And when you have the criminal activity that is taking place in our country right before the eyes of this nation, when you see the levels of corruption, when good men do nothing, evil prevails. That's the word of God. And so we're doing something about the cheating, about the fraud, about all of this that was put on camera. We're watching people in the Republican Party like Tom Cotton, like Asa Hutchinson, right out of the state of Arkansas. You know, they're, they're turning like chameleons. They're just turning. And you wonder why it is. Now, without getting into graphic detail, we know that Lynn Wood, this attorney who loves God with his whole heart, has come out recently and made some very bold statements. And because he's an anti-defamation lawyer, it's not in his best interest at all to defame anybody because he understands the law and how that would work against him. But he's come out and he's made it very clear that the levels of corruption are so deep within our nation, so deep that it's absolutely terrifying, that he is telling us that Many people in the Senate, in the House of Representatives, in Congress, in the judiciary, i.e. John Roberts, right, uh, Supreme Court Justice, that these people are being blackmailed. They're being held hostage because of their sexual perversion, because they have been involved with Jeffrey Epstein and those types of things. And so this is, this is critical to understanding the levels of corruption that are going on in our nation. And I don't know how anybody could just sit by and watch this like somehow it's a television program or, you know, it's just, you know, another day, another thing that goes on. This is very brutal. Um, This is a very evil time when exposure is coming. And so what happens when the light exposes the darkness? Well, the darkness is going to react to it, isn't it? And the darkness is going to do everything in its power to remain hid. The darkness is going to do everything in its power to fight against the light. And if the light is not ready to fight, then we're going to have a major problem. The exposure will come, like someone has said. There's been a lot of exposure to a lot of things, and yet nothing is ever done about it. It's because the light or the light bearers have not been willing to stand up and fight and do anything. So I believe that right now this is a opportune moment for righteousness and light to stand up, and it does appear that there is a great awakening right now, and people, simple people like ourselves and millions of others are beginning to do something in the great awakening. And so we're standing in solidarity believing something. Again, our purpose for going to Washington, D.C. was based on 
a dream. I'm telling you, if I hadn't had the dream that Joe Biden won the election over a year ago, had the dream, shared it everywhere, and if I had not had that dream, I would not be doing what I'm doing right now. But in the, when, in the dream, when Joe had won the election, he was walking through a tunnel, blue suit, blue tie, and he was unnerved. He was terrified. There was something wrong. There was no celebration. And I didn't know what that was all about over a year ago. But now that he's the guy, and I began to pray at 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning, really asking God, why did you show me that dream? Why did you show the dream? And the next day, it became very clear to me in my thinking, First Kings chapter 1. I had not been there before, but I, I found that scripture about Adonijah trying to make himself the king when David was passing away. And he was not the rightful king. Solomon was supposed to be the rightful king. So in 1 Kings chapter 1, we read through this entire story and saw that, wait a second, the people have to go out and make a sound. And David told all the Cherethites and all these other folks, take Solomon down to Gihon. And they did to anoint him. But it says that they made a sound that shook the earth. And when the earth shook, the camp of Adonijah became terrified. And I believe a sound is coming into our nation by the millions of people that voted for Donald J. Trump that are ready to make a sound. And the sound is already here. There has been a sound. It is growing louder and louder. And we want that to be a biblical sound, a spiritual sound, a holy sound, a righteous sound, not just a sound, but a sound that will shake the earth. Now, what I want to talk about today, because we've already talked about this for so long, and that's why we're going. We're going to further the sound. We're going to make our voices heard. We're going to stand with many people that will also make their voices heard. And it is a one-voice clarion call. You cheated, and you're not going to get away with it. And that's basically where, where this is all going. But I want you to note what David told Solomon to do. Now that Solomon was declared to be the rightful king, and I could see this happening, where Joe Biden is going to get spanked, Donald Trump is going to win the election, right? That's where we're going. And now this is what David tells his son Solomon to do with the people that sided against him. And in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, Donald, and show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, Donald, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses. This is Old Testament, so we're just getting types and shadows from it that you may prosper in all that you do and whithersoever you turn yourself, that the Lord may continue his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said the Lord, a man on the throne of Israel. Then in verse 5, Moreover, this is David now speaking to Solomon. Solomon has come to power. All the 
conniving is over. All the manipulation is gone. All the attempts to overthrow what the divine will was. He says in 5, Moreover, David to Solomon, you know also that Joab, the son of Zeruai, what he did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he slew and shed the blood of uh, Ner, or no, he and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore, Solomon, Donald, according to thy wisdom, let not his whore head go down to the grave in peace. All right, so David is telling Solomon, now that these people did everything in their power to shut you up, to shut you down, to replace you with a false Adonijah, now that you're in, I want you to go and make war with the one that made war against the true administration. And I don't want this guy's head to go down to the grave in peace. I mean, make his life absolutely miserable. This could be one of a number of people that have fought hard against the Trump administration. Verse 7, David went on, But show kindness unto the sons of Batzile and the Gileadite, and let them be of those that eat at your table. For so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom, thy brother. So now David's saying, okay, I want you to be kind to these guys. They were kind to me, son. I want you to deal with this Abner over here. In verse 8, and behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite of Bahurim, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now, therefore, hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his whorehead bring thou down great blood. This is the father of Solomon saying, I want you to do this when you come to power. And then, verse 10, so David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were 40 years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron. 33 years reigned he in Jerusalem. Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. So the picture that I'm picking up, again, in 1 Kings chapter 1, a false movement to undermine the divine will. That is overthrown. Now comes accountability. We have been hearing from many people in the prophetic community for a long time, men like Mark Taylor, that these wicked people, the Obamas, the Clintons, the Pelosi's, these ungodly people would be held accountable, that they would go to jail. Well, what you're going to continue to see here in just a moment is that King David, as a type of Christ, is putting out a hit on the people that defied his will. Okay, that's a pretty strong word, but that's what's going on here. And then in verse 13, let's continue the story. Here's how Solomon responded to his father's request in verse 13. Adonijah, he was the false one, that's Joe Biden today, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, 
And she said, comest thou peaceably? And I don't want to go into the whole story, but here's what happens. Adonijah is actually going to ask Bathsheba for King David's young handmaiden. Well, let me read the story. He, so he, here is Adonijah coming to Bathsheba, and she's asking, are you coming peaceably? He says, peaceably. He said, moreover, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And she said, say on. And he said, you know that the kingdom was mine and that all Israel set their faces on me, that I should reign. Albeit the kingdom is turned about and has become my brothers. Notice it. The kingdom is turned about. So here's Adonijah. I could just see Joe Biden say, wait, everybody voted for me. I'm supposed to be the king. I'm supposed to be the one reigning. Albeit the kingdom is turned about and has become my brothers, because Adonijah and Solomon were brothers, seed of David, for it was his from the Lord. Uh Uh-oh. So Solomon was from the Lord. And now I ask one petition of thee, deny me not. So I want you to get the, the, I don't know what to call this, the, the embarrassing moment in Adonijah's life. He's making this great move to be the king. He's going to rule, and he's overthrown. So now he's begging Bathsheba for something, and what is it? She And, and he said, speak, I pray, when she said, Bathsheba said, say on, what do you want to say? And he said, speak, I pray thee, unto Solomon the king, for he will not say thee no, that he give me Abishag, the Shunammite, to wife. I mean, how ridiculous is that when you stop and think about it? I lost the I lost the throne. You know, I had all these people. We were celebrating, and they all left me. I, I, I was hanging on the horns of the altar in chapter 1. But now that it's all over, I want Dad's Abishag. I want this woman to be my wife. And Bathsheba said, well, I will speak for thee unto the king. So Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her. So Solomon had respect unto his mother and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. Then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. I pray thee, say me not nay. In other words, don't say no to me. And the king said unto her, Ask on, my mother, for I will not say thee nay. And she said, Let Abishag, the Shunammite, be given to Adonijah thy brother to wife. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, And why dost thou ask, or and why dost thou ask Abishag, the Shunammite, for for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my elder brother even for him, and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zariah. Well, then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God do so to me, and more also, if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, as the Lord liveth, which has established me, and set me on the throne of David my father, and who has made me a house as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death this day. Wow. And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he fell upon him that he died. So Adonijah, Joe Biden, 
asking ridiculous things at the end of his life, maybe a little bit more political shenanigans. He's dead. He's gone. He's gone. And unto Abiathar the priest said the king, Get thee to Anathoth unto thine own fields, for thou art worthy of death. But I will not at this time put thee to death, because you bear the ark of the Lord God before David my father, and because thou hast been afflicted, and all wherein my father was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spoke concerning the house of Eli and Shiloh. Now, I know this is a lot of reading, but the point I'm making as we go through this is that now that the rightful administration's in power, it's time to deal with the people who were working against the power. It's time to deal with them. And this is what Solomon is doing, and I could see this so clearly at this time, that as the people of God are roaring in this moment, and the earth is shaking, and the earth's shake is going to shake Biden out of this pretended victory, and then Trump comes to power on purpose, as the intended purpose, and all of a sudden we're going to see some massive things go on in this country. And a lot of people said it was true. We're backing it up. We're doing everything we know to do to support this idea. But to find it in the scriptures is absolutely amazing today. Now, we're just driving along here. This is our intent. I'm with Craig and Michael, Pastor Michael. I'm going to hand the phone to them. They're going to look in this telephone, and uh, they're going to speak their hearts about what they're doing here. Mike, I'm going to begin with you. You just take this phone for just a moment, look into that camera, and speak to the people. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. We're enjoying the ride, and I'm excited about what we're going to do here in our final destination into Washington, D.C. It's going to be a massive, massive uh, uprising. I believe, of righteous, judicial exercise of a voice to, to declare the righteous judgment on behalf of our Father's heart because he sees the things that are going on. This is a call. This is a mandate I know. It's a special divine appointment, and I can't believe in, to be uh, surrounded by three million Men and women, possibly children, saying the same thing. We want justice. I can recall right now, and I think, believe it, the Matthew 10:36. Jesus said, "I didn't come to bring peace on earth, but a sword." And that sword, I looked it up in the Greek, means a war, a judicial punishment. So I believe by the voice of many waters, many people coming. That the point of his sword, the point of our father's sword, is going to come down and touch this. And it's going to be honored by the father because he sees the wickedness of Ben's heart. He sees the diabolical undermining plots that have happened. And it's going to be exposed. And I believe something mighty is going to happen through this all because we're coming in once again as one voice. How about you? Hallelujah. I'm behind the wheel right now, taking this vessel to Washington, D.C., safely as we 
convoy, literally convoy, because there are reported thousands and thousands coming upon Washington in their vehicles. They're coming from different parts of the country. It was actually a map that was uh, produced and circulated for those that wanted to come. They wanted to see it done in mass. They wanted to see critical mass in this country of patriots rising up, convoy style, coming upon, descending upon Washington, D.C., to make their bold statement as a patriot. Now, we're here to stand in the gap. We're here to usher in and bring light over darkness. Each and every one of us is called to do that. We believe that we're not going to sit on our hands, but we're going to go to Washington, D.C., as we did to Little Rock, Arkansas, just several weeks ago, where we all gathered a small vessel, a small body of people from our church, and we prayed it in. We prayed in and declared Donald J. Trump as our president, our duly elected president, that had won this election fair and square. And when we came up together in our voices and in our intercession, there was a sound, as Pastor Vincent just mentioned, a sound emanated together as we resonated that sound in prayer, in intercession. And that sound was so piercing, we could not even have recorded it properly on our phones. The sound was, was rhythmic. The sound was in concert. The sound in a note that just pierced the walls of the Capitol building. And how do we know that? We had a state legislator, a woman state legislator, I forgot her name. Charlene Fite. Charlene Fite. That's right. I was corrected. It was Charlene Fite. That, uh, she represents the district of Van Buren, which is right next to uh, Fort Smith. She came out and broke through the walls, a sound she heard piercing. Now, you got to remember that the Capitol building is built as a solid rock, like most Capitol buildings in many states. These walls are probably two feet thick, with stone on the outside, brick on the inside, cinder block, and it goes on. She heard a sound from within that Capitol building that pierced the Capitol building, and she was in session. So she was not probably near a window. She was deep in the building. And she came out because she thought she heard something going on. Something big was going on outside her our building. And she had to come and see for herself. So that sound that she heard drew her out. And she was drawn to us as a body. And we laid hands upon her and prayed. Because she asked for prayer. And she was making some critical decisions having to do with our state of Arkansas. So we believe we're carrying that same sound to Washington, D.C., to fellowship with millions of others that will carry a sound and intercede on behalf of our country because we are taking our country back, back to its roots, back to its core values, back to the way it was founded by our founding fathers who were praying men and women. They were on their knees praying for our country. These people that went before us shed blood. They went before us to shed blood. They went before us with tears. They went before us with prayers. We owe it to them. We owe it to our country to 
come together now in Washington, D.C. and descend upon it. And in prayer and united as one, we will see the victory. We will see Donald J. Trump restored and brought back into the presidency that he has won, rightfully so. And the enemy will be defeated. Will be defeated. We are coming to defeat the enemy, and we are coming with a stop. That's our purpose. Amen. 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 So in that in that mindset and that thought, now you mentioned something, Craig, very interesting that we were standing at the state capitol building in Little Rock, Arkansas, and yet two, Asa Hutchinson, the governor of Arkansas, and Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas, have turncoated on Donald Trump. They have failed to stand for what is right and have rather played their political game, probably looking at the odds, thinking, well, he can't win, so we better get on the right side of this thing. But I believe that the 35 people that were there that day, that the heavens opened up and the sound came from heaven and caught our sound, I believe that's going to show itself to be very impactful, that that was not wasted, that God's going to honor that time that the people put together. And I'll tell you what, one could put 1,000 in flight, two 10,000, that's 35 people. That's a lot of people going to be put to flight here really soon. So, yes, it was tragic. That Tom Cotton, who a lot of people thought they could trust him, he was a decent guy, has shown himself to be nothing but a politician. And here, you have a comment. Take that. Well, let's explain. People are probably wondering, well, what, what is going on? What is Tom Cotton? Apparently, Tom Cotton, in his statement on Twitter, was talking about um, what's going on on January 6th. And he is not believing that the Congress should make this objection. And the vice president should make this objection. Why is he saying this? Why is Tom Cotton, our, what we believe is a patriotic senator from the state of Arkansas, why would he say this? And what is confusing to a lot of people is that we have, this has been done before. This is not the first time this has happened. So the Congress, I believe, was something like 1877. When they had to do the very state, there was precedence for this. But he, he claims there was no precedent, that this has never been done before, and that, you know, the Congress has no business of changing the direction of the election, when in fact the Constitution, the United States, has provisions for it, specifically, has provisions for it. And uh, for those of you that want to get more information on it, uh, I believe Mark Levin has also talked about it. I don't know if anybody knows who that is, but he's, uh, he's, he's a scholar. Uh, he's a constitutional scholar. And, uh, I, you know, I just I have listened to him as well to understand what it is that Tom Cotton is afraid about doing. And, and I question it myself. Do we have, does Congress indeed have the constitutional authority to do this? We believe he does. And, and it's in the Constitution. And so in this Twitter, he claims that we should not be intervening on what the state legislatures have already certified. The problem is there's vote fraud. And the state legislatures, had not, they have the power, the state legislators have the power to uphold their state constitution and the federal constitution. And that wasn't done. 
And it wasn't done because the courts went around it. The secretaries of states of those states went around it. And so they actually usurped the authority of the state legislators. And now what we have is widespread vote fraud. So this is the this is the crux of the problem. And now we're looking at Congress to hopefully turn it around by objecting to those electoral votes as casting. And this is the this is what we're dealing with. And apparently Tom Cotton feels differently. Well folks, that's what that's what's going on with Tom Cotton. You know, Craig, that's great understanding and I'm so thankful that people have investigated and, and, and tore this apart and know the individuals who are undermining this this plan to uh, undermine uh, uh, President Trump. But one thing I want to say this morning, there is a righteous uprising happening. There is a righteous uprising of a voice in this land, and we're saying enough is enough. In the name of Jesus, let your righteous judgment fall on this, because, Lord, you are our king of kings, and, Lord, you know the ways of men, and, Lord, we serve you. And we're going to this place because we want righteous judgment. We want your sword to touch D.C. and expose the hearts and men that they cannot hide and they cannot run, but to be exposed and face what they have been doing is coming into agreement with the darkness, with, the, with all the evil intent to do an undermining and, Lord God, I'm asking this in the name of Jesus that this be done so. I know there's many, many hearts like this that are, that are declaring this. And I just keep getting in my heart, everyone, it's an uprising. It is a righteous uprising. I, righteous uprising. And let's declare it together. Let's have this righteous uprising come forth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Good word, Brother Michael and Craig doing a great job here talking about these things today and yeah don't be afraid to call your senator tell them write them letters do what you got to do but let's let's take this a little bit deeper let's examine this a little bit further why are we even in this situation right now it's because for an entire generation the church went to sleep for an entire generation, the church was more interested in the prosperity gospel than they were upholding truth and righteousness. And what we're dealing with right now is something that's been around for a long time. Revolution, civil war, battle, fighting. And the idea of a nation backing up the president, it's not going to be easy. This uprising Michael was just talking about isn't going to be pretty. A woman giving birth to a man-child is not pretty. It's not easy. It's bloody. Revolutions are bloody. Civil wars are bloody. And it appears that the darkness is doing everything in its power, everything in its power to resist. And you have to understand how the darkness is resisting. They're saying baseless claims. It's never been done before. This is ridiculous. It's not going to work. You see, it's a word war. It's either the word of light or the word of darkness. But again, the reason why we're here in the first place is judgment. And you look at the word judgment, and it means a crisis. America is in a crisis 
because America is in judgment. And which way the scales are going to go is very important to know. And right now, again, we were on the wide road that leads to destruction. I mean, consider the levels of pornography, homosexuality, abortion that was running rampant within our society. You can't be blessed with all of that. I mean, those are the things that the church was silent to, even capitulated towards. And now we wonder, well, why we're here and and, and all of these things. Well, we're here because of judgment. And remember the words of Jesus Christ, a house divided can not stand. It cannot. And we are now a divided house, bar some incredible miracle where all of a sudden everybody's going to get along just fine. Folks, that would take a miracle larger than the splitting of the Red Sea. But God's in the miracle working business. And if the American people want to give up on the tail wagging the dog scenario with these few little cupcakes of socialists and communists and, and, and globalists, I mean, the, the world's a big world, but we don't need our people in this country siding with a globalist agenda like some have. They're just a handful of people. So there needs to be a moment where repentance and confession for our sin of compliance and capitulation, our sin of toleration, our sin of going to sleep, our sin of just not standing when it was important to stand. Now we're facing crises. Our hope is that the nation will awaken, but I'll say it again. An awakened nation to a time like this must go back to its moorings and foundation of godly principles. If Donald J. Trump wins the election, but we still murder little babies, we still allow men to marry men and women to marry women, we still promote pornography, nothing has been gained. It is the immorality within our nation that must be overcome, for therein is the power of darkness. They thrive and are fueled upon these sins of the flesh that man has promoted in a legislative way. Ladies and gentlemen, we are battling for the soul of a nation. We are fighting right now, and those awakening are kind of like the, the awakened virgins slumbering, and you wonder how many really have their oil at this moment. Well, it is a time to consider and I just want to take a peek over here right now and let you know we have a lot of people tuning in right now, which is great. And I want to welcome you, if you'd like to respond at all to the broadcast today, to dial 818-369-0326. It looks like we're just broadcasting on Blog Talk today, but I see a lot of friends out there. Maybe you'd like to say something on the air today. Press 1 on your dial pad, and we will bring you right into the broadcast. So again, 818-369-0326. Press one on your dial pad and we'll bring you right into the broadcast. So again, Michael and I uh, are 
Uh, and, and Craig, Craig, Michael, and I are traveling. We're somewhere in where are we, guys? We're right out Pennsylvania yet, or still Ohio? I almost said Hoboken, New Jersey. But anyways, we're still in Ohio, and we're having a good time. The guys were just boldly, um, you know, putting it out there, uh, driving all night long as they've been doing. So um, we're, we're really expecting something amazing. Guys, anything else you'd like to share as we're driving? You guys good right now? Yeah. All right, go ahead, Brother Mike. Yeah, I. You know, you just mentioned the uh, sins of a nation and that we are accountable for our actions, and it's true. Uh, the 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 morality and the standard of this country has gone downhill over the decades, and immorality is just rampant. And it is the church's fault, in the sense that now, and I hope, and Father sees our heart of a true repentance. To make things right. I believe this time right now, what we're really asking in our heart is, Lord, give us a breath of, 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 of calm winds just for uh, a little bit so we may pray unto you and that we may get it right and that others may come in out of the storm. Because I know this in my heart and what the Word says, that there's going to be a tribulation upon this earth like never before, ever since the beginning of creation of time. So nobody knows what that is going to be like. But for those that have been searching in the Word, we have an understanding, and it's not going to be pretty. So we're asking right now, Father God, that the heart that you see and all the children and everyone who's coming to repentance be coming back home to you and, I, and all, the, all the prodigal sons. But this right here, what we're witnessing in this country is just a, 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 another forming of a big wave that's going to hit this country in judgment. Judgment is going to hit this country, and we cannot deny it because of the sins of a nation. We know that. But many deny it and don't want to see it and put their head in the sand, so to speak, and run away and don't want to look at it. But it will catch them if they're in that category. It will catch them unawares, and it's going to be not a fun time. So let this time that we're having right now, as many are coming together across this earth, and many are coming together in Washington, D.C., to have the voice also to, to call to repentance. We would love to see every one of these hearts there and tied in the darkness, yes, have a judgment on them, but yet God loves them. He doesn't want anyone to perish, according to Ezekiel. His heart doesn't take any delight in anyone that perishes, but all come to repentance, as it also says in the New Testament in Peter. This is our Father's heart. He's created his creation. He hates the sin, but he loves the creation. So it's all about love. It's all about our Father's love. And sometimes it's a very tough love. And so the voice of tough love is coming into this country through messengers coming from other nations, coming from within. Prophets are coming and then warning this country of the, of the coming, dooming judgment that's coming upon this, this, this nation. I have witnessed it since I was born in 1958, growing up and becoming a Christian in the late 80s. I have seen the immorality escalate, being raised up around the beach area called Pacific Beach in La Jolla. I declare those places now, standing to my heart, a Sodom and Gomorrah, especially Pacific Beach. It is just filled with more immorality, and it's a sad place to go, and it breaks my heart. And I believe that's just a small fragment of what this earth has become but yet there's a great hope 
and that great hope that we all know is that light of life in Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and many, many are finding that way. I see it as a great exodus, just like the Israelites coming out of Egypt, coming out and going into the wilderness, and not looking back because, here's a warning, don't look back and watch the Egyptians chase you. It's, it's just a fear tactic and intimidation that the enemy here today is using. The leftists, the socialists, the Communistic Party are using intimidation and fear tactics to bring people into bondage. But yet, there's a way out. And his name is Jesus Christ in the faith of righteousness. And I rejoice in the light of the truth. It's hit my heart, Craig's heart, Pastor Vince's heart. But it's not just for us, we know that. It's for everybody who can call upon his name and to be saved. And I thank you for the deliverance, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well said, Brother Michael. So, I heard I heard Michael say something, and it brought me back to March of last year, March of 2020, when Pastor Ken Wagner, Pastor Michael Villarin, and I were on Kerm Radio, and we were making some declarations, some proclamations, and God had told us about his four sword judgments out of Ezekiel chapter 14, and Brother Michael, who you just heard talking, being from the West Coast and surfing, he said, you know what? It reminds me of these four sword judgments of the four waves that surfers always waited for. And so we made the proclamation that the first wave of these four waves in the set of judgment that would come, number one was the coronavirus debacle. Then before it ever happened up in Minnesota, we said the second wave will be civil disobedience and anarchy. Sure enough, what happened? Civil disobedience, anarchy hit because of George Floyd being killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Then we said the third wave will be the third wave of war. And we've been waiting now for several months for this anarchy and civil disobedience to fulfill its course, for that wave to pass over. Now what are we looking at? When we step into Washington, D.C., what is it going to look like? What kind of enemies are going to be there? What kind of forces? What kind of powers? What kind of resistance is going to be in Washington, D.C.? Are we witnessing the beginning of a civil war, a revolutionary war within our own country? Are we, are we looking at people saying it's time to go to war again because the, uh, the way of doing things in a sophisticated society are not working because we're not that sophisticated anymore, quite frankly. We've become like animals. We've become like beasts. We've become rebellious, stubborn, uh, you know, it just that type of thing. So I believe, word from last year, about the four waves of judgment, that the third wave is finally arriving, and we're seeing it crest, and it looks like it's going to be a really big wave, and it looks like it's going to start right here, and it's probably going to escalate into global World War III, because Dmitry Dudeman, in his prophecy, said that he saw America in trouble. It was looking exactly the way it's looking right now, and it would start with the blacks, and George Floyd was black. It has nothing to do with race or anything in my heart. Just that's what the prophecy was. And so the blacks uprose. They started this. Now we're in this condition, okay? I'm not saying they started it, but it started with that whole idea. So then he said, 
And while the government of the United States was trying to get everything right here, outside nations would attack the country. Now you have China, you have Russia, you have Iran, you have North Korea back in the game. So there's a tremendous amount of movement right now against the global community, against the sovereignty of the independent United States of America. So are we literally possibly looking at World War III, as stated in Book of Revelation, Chapter 9, that this could be the time, and it's beginning right here in the United States. Gentlemen, any thoughts about what we're talking about? All good? All right, so let me take a look at our screen right now and see if anybody's out there. Okay, you all are still out there. That's awesome. Um, If you have any questions or comments about what you're hearing today, Give us a shout, 818-369-0326. So what is it we're wanting to accomplish today? Let's take our first call coming in all the way from area code 605. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Yes, you just mentioned the man by the name of Dmitry Duderman. And uh, in 1990, uh, he was in our home. And uh, he spoke at many different areas, and Minnesota was one of them I took him to. He was on some television programs and so forth. And it's true, we are going to enter into this type of thing that the Holy Ghost revealed to him. And this war is going to be definitely on our soil. And I, as I sat with this man of God, this prophet, you know, and that I've never felt such humility in a person's spirit as he had. And it was he and it was God that sent him here that many years ago because God is so merciful and he wanted the people to repent, but they haven't repented because of the abortions that have taken place ever since nineteen seventy three, of course, and now this same-sex marriage, and now it's gone in, into more debauchery. No, America is going to be corrected, but God does have a plan, a sovereign plan, and he will rule and reign through different people that are in the earth right now, and so everybody has to get their orders from the Holy Ghost what to do. Well, amen to that, Kathy, and I appreciate your comments. It's it's very true what you're saying, and um, everybody has to hear from the Holy Spirit, and everybody has to know. You know, a friend of mine told me many, many years ago on a radio broadcast, uh, we were talking about Islam, we were talking about terrorists and terror cell groups and, uh, you know, the the infiltration, the stealth jihad that was going on within the nation. And he told me that a fierce enemy was standing in the background waiting for a moment that was more fierce than Islam, more fierce than ISIS, more fierce than Hezbollah or any of these groups. And and I asked him, you know, right on the air, and who are you talking about? Who is this violent, fierce enemy that's standing in in the wing waiting for a moment of expression? Who is that? He said it's the homosexual community, the LGBT community. And I I thought, 
violence, worse than all these guys, he said, when you see the violence of the homosexual community, like in Sodom and Gomorrah, when they went to hurt Lot and his daughters and the guy, the angels, he said the violence that will come out of the LGBTQ community will be unparalleled to anything we've seen in this country because it's internal and it's something that people aren't expecting. And right now, if Joe Biden, Kamala Harris come to power in this country and they open that floodgate like Barack Obama did when in 2015, he's the guy that lit up the White House with the rainbow colors. He's the guy that through the Supreme Court, it became legal. What Joe Biden, Kamala Harris and all the rest will do, the persecution against Christians in this country through the LGBTQ community and the laws that will be promoted to prevent the gospel to ever be preached to save their souls, the, the homosexual man, the lesbian woman, they need to be saved just like everybody else. And I love in Corinthians where Paul said, such were some of you. So salvation is there, but laws are going to be created that you will not be able to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ community, and it will become violent because the demonic spirits in that community are very powerful. So, you know, having said that, Kathy, there are so many different fronts, and bar a mighty miracle of God, as we're entering into West Virginia right now, we're going into West Virginia, we're over a bridge in a quaint little town, Um, praise the Lord. But that's, you know, bar a miracle, this is what we're facing, and it's going to require the whole nation to rally together. Every person that voted for Donald J. Trump has to consolidate their efforts and resources and get ready to fight this fight, because we've learned in Scripture God could take out mighty armies with just a few if they're connected to him. So the overwhelming forces, we're probably going to see them and go, oh, my gosh, how are we going to ever do this? But those who have faith and understand this moment and are praying, there are millions of people praying all over this nation right now. And we need to take heart by those prayers. But, man, they're going to have everything's going to have to grow and accelerate into something bigger and better than what it is right now. Kathy, thank you for sharing. Anything else? Yes, uh, Will, you're bringing out what you are. These are the two words that come to me. Be steadfast and faithful unto the end. Amen. Steadfast, faithful, unto the end. God bless you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you for those words. God bless you. All right, Kathy Bruns calling all the way from South Dakota. We're waiting for your call right now. Again, the number to call is 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad. And then uh, we're just about four minutes away from saying goodbye this morning. We want you to know that Craig and Michael and, and I are traveling. We're getting closer and closer. I think we're about five hours away from destination Washington, D.C. Uh, we've spoken with our dear brother, uh, Jeff Bass, Pastor Jeff Bass. Uh, is out there in the Virginia area. We'll be uh, staying around him. Not sure if we're going to be able to meet or not, but we're looking forward to meeting some other friends from Indiana that uh, have been very very dear friends of the ministry for a long time. So that's going to be it. I I don't know. Gentlemen, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap things up today? I'd just like to voice this to remember who we are. We are the overcomers. 
No storm too tough, no sea too rough. We're going to cross on over to the other side because we are going to the promised land. Hallelujah. Just keep the prayers up uh, on our uh, on our descent to Washington, D.C., with uh, all the other patriots that they would have the full covering. The mighty angels, the Lord of hosts would be before us, going before us, and his glory covering us from behind as we succeed in this victory in restoring Donald J. Trump as our president of the United States of America. Intrigued. With that being said, I could I could just I know Craig Sarr pretty well here on this issue. It's not what we're going to face. Can you imagine if all of the people would consolidate, roll together, show up like the three million people that they're thinking are going to be there? The enemy would quake in his boots over the overwhelming force of an awakened people who have confessed their sins bowed their knees to the lordship of Jesus, asked for forgiveness for anything they've ever done to get in the way or not participate, but are now awakened to this moment, having received the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God. What an amazing time. The enemy should look out tomorrow and be terrified by what he sees, that we are the overwhelming force. Go ahead, Brother Mike. You want to say something? Yes, I do. And there is just a special special, special outpouring of love to Pastor Vincent because today is his birthday. So everyone out there that has heard this program, send a special aloha love blessing in the spirit to our dear pastor friend who has the voice of the Father's heart, the prophet that speaks to the land of, of truth. And we just honor you today, Pastor Vincent. Happy birthday. Thank you, Brother Michael. Thank you, everybody. You guys are awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's birthday day today, and we're driving across country with my, my two closest Happy friends birthday. and to all my other brothers out there and friends out there. These guys are marinating me in song. Here we go. Happy birthday, dear Benjamin. Happy birthday to you. And many more. All right. Oh, boy. Look at this. To your father, you know your name and address, and he's ordered the best for you. You are so special to your father, and from the very start, he had a place in his heart that only you could be. Amen. I want to say goodbye to my lovely wife, Patricia Joy Xavier. Patricia, I see you're listening on the phone. I love you with all my heart. And um, what can I say, Mama? We'll be home soon, safe and sound. My brother Michael out there driving big trucks and all my brothers, all my friends in New Wine Ministry, all the beautiful family that spoiled me rotten the other day on Sunday. They had a big party for me and honored me like I've never been honored before in my life. God bless you. I'm going to stay on the line just a little bit more. I see that my beloved is calling in. Patricia Joy, good morning. How are you, dear lady? Good morning. Can you hear me well? I hear you. Great. Wonderful. Be so far blessed each and every one of you. And honey, 
I do ask God to give you a very, very special gift today. That for your birthday, and that he would not only bless your journey, but the achievement will be mighty. I ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, whom we love and in whom we have our being. Go with his power, his might, and his great love. Amen. Thank you, darling. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you in a couple of days. Whole, healthy, maybe even get a little windburn tan out there. Who knows, my love. But thank you for the blessing. I receive it. I receive I it. All right. You be, you be safe and blessed. I've got to get going. I think we've lost time on the air here. So I want to say thank you again yeah. to everybody out there. I love you, darling. I'll see you in a couple of days. Bye, dear. Be safe. All right. So that's it for us today. We're going to say goodbye. Shalom, everybody. You can tell a friend if you're interested to get this message out. We only could do it on Blog Talk, but you could send it out everywhere. Make sure you like, share, Facebook, YouTube. We'll be back probably uh, next Tuesday as we're going to be here. I'm trying to do some live videos on Facebook. We'll do the best we can. Wasn't able to do it on this particular part of the journey. We'll see you tomorrow. Lord willing, this is Pastor Vince. God bless. Bye-bye. With Michael and Craig.